0: The DBN Network, Browns fans talking to Browns fans. All right. This is the DBN Square Table. It's been a while since we've had one of these. Of course, DBN the, the DBN Network is different from everywhere else in the world. We don't have round tables. People have round table discussions. Now, screw that. We have square tables here because we are different and we are rad. And joining me, I am of course Easy Weave, your uh, well, I would say beloved host, but that's probably uh, less than accurate. But with me are people that you may have some affection for, and these are and probably better to listen to them because I'm. Uh, you know, you hear me a lot, but we don't really necessarily get to hear a lot from uh, the two guys that that are, are joining me. And in the first place, we have from the, the the Big Apple, New York, New York, our good buddy, Gin and Tonic. Gin, good morning, or I should say good afternoon, good sir.
1: Good afternoon.
0: And co- joining us also from parts unknown Eastern Europe is our good buddy, the uh, as, as a Manly once equipped uh, him, the Hungarian barbarian, Fortho. What's up, Forth?
2: Hey, everyone. I'm so happy to be back. And, of course, you are so happy that I am back.
0: That is right. That is right. Both personally and corporately, that is the case. Uh, guys, we are uh, we are on the eve, as it were, of training camp for the 2018 season for our beloved orange Helmets, the Cleveland Browns, uh, with, uh, I mean, in, in seriously a, a season where um, there literally is nowhere to go but up. We've got um, it all kind of getting going with really a, a, a not an entirely brand new roster, but maybe about half of uh, the roster being flipped over from the end of the offseason up until now, depending on, uh, on on you know what your projections are. Um, so I guess that's a good place to start. Uh, I, I, I wanted to because I, I really want to get um, your guys' perspective on this. We also may have our friend Big Tom Brown joining us at some point. Um, if he's able to uh, to uh, stop the rips, but before we get to him, and before, if he does join us, uh, let's let's start with you, um, gin and tonic. We got training camp uh, starting up in just a couple of days in Berea. And then, of course, it's going to be the Hall of Fame game preseason into all of this. Uh, what is it that you are, as we are, you know, have you, you've had a chance to go through this entire off season. You've been watching it, you know, every step of the way like the rest of us. Uh, you know, what is it that you are looking for the most uh, as we head into this training camp as far as your expectations and then uh, just, just also some things that maybe you're flying under the radar?
1: All right. So this is, to me, is going to be, obviously, it's always, every year is a critical year, but obviously this is a big year for the Browns. Basically, they, they, banked the last two years with the idea that this moving forward would be the team that's going to actually be the team. You know, We built towards this and uh, hopefully uh, this is finally the roster that's going to start putting some W's on the board. Um, I guess when I look at it, I, I don't look at it it's tough because you know, obviously last year preseason we went undefeated and then regular season we didn't manage to win a game. So it's tough to say, well I want to see some wins in the preseason because it's important to see Ws. I mean, obviously last year it would have been great to get two or three down the stretch, you know, even if it, didn't, if it wouldn't have affected our draft position. But at the same point, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to start winning games. Um, and I don't necessarily think that the preseasons where you want to – obviously you don't want to make just your mark in the preseason with wins. You want to have them during the regular season. But we, what we really need to see is young players stepping up and playing well. Uh, making the most of the time on the field that they get. Um, And I'm not talking the guys that we draft in the fifth or sixth rounds, the guys that are the call Nassibs uh, where they shine in the preseason and then falter because they're playing against better competition in the regular season. I mean, we need to see, you know, Miles look awesome on his very limited role, uh, his very limited snap count, which I'm sure it's going to be under. Um, We need to see the guys that are going to be major contributors look really good early in games, and I don't care if we lose after that. I just want to see. Obviously, you want to get through the preseason where you see your your great, you know, your good to great players play well and not get injured, and that's the most important thing. And, and the,
0: the follow up on that, I mean, how important is it to you uh, starters playing in in preseason games? Like, what's your what? How much importance do you put on it? And and what do you think is an appropriate amount for starters to play?
1: I mean, it, it obviously, it depends on the game, uh, and it depends on the situation, and it depends on the player. Um, so it, it's tough to just you can't just you know say well somebody's got to get in just to get some reps because they just have to be get themselves in a better football shape and against some actual competition but at the same point you want to see um there there are positions along the field where certain guys you may want to see more of than than others like i i mean i guess the quarterback obviously is the biggest is the biggest question right now um there's some of us that think that tyra taylor is not going to be the starter and uh, that's right i mean i'm talking to one of them that's right so uh i i don't know what I want to see out of Baker and in the preseason. Um, I am under the impression that it really doesn't matter what happens in the preseason that Taylor will be the starter minus an injury. Um, and the only way that Baker would be the starter is if Taylor got injured. Uh, and, and maybe even Stanton would be ahead of him just because I think you does not want to start a rookie quarterback for the second year in a row even though this, this clearly the guy that we have now is significantly further along, um, much more advanced, and a better player than the guy that he had to trot out there last year. Uh,
0: undoubtedly. Before we get too much further down that road, though, fourth, I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to uh, kind of give the same uh, opening statement in terms of your expectations for, uh, really, training camp. We'll get, we'll get to our all, all of our expectations for the season uh, as we go along here today. But in terms of uh, training camp preseason, what are you looking for as we get it all started up here this week?
2: well i'm crossing my fingers that no one's gonna get hurt hopefully which i mean uh it's it's a re- really uh rare event if a team can survive uh in good health the uh pre-season so that's that's kind of what i'm looking for and it's it's been especially hard for us browns fans to kind of judge how our season well i mean uh usually our seasons are bad but um based on preseason performance we have seen some truly awful seasons uh that followed uh promising um preseason games uh there there, there were some hopes even when uh when we had Whedon uh, last year with Kaiser the Saints game was see he, he seemed like uh there there could be something there so I'm not sure um, I'm not sure what I'm looking for I just, you know what I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the hard knocks that's what I'm looking forward to
0: oh yeah that's uh that's of course that's the uh what the hbo documentary that they do every year that we are finally gracing uh for the first time which is kind of amazing because like uh hello we are we, we I mean we are hard knocks i mean it doesn't get more hard knockier than uh than the cleveland browns um but it, yeah,
2: uh, and and, and, I, and i really like that the uh that the hard knocks episode seems to be really really keyed on and focused on the fans I mean, if if you've seen the previous ones, that uh, doesn't or, or didn't seem to be the case for me. So, uh, so 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 far, the two previews that they've made have been laser focused on the fans. So that's pretty cool to see.
0: Well, I can imagine so. I mean, if you're if you're any outside looking in, right? If if you don't have any kind of a connection to this team, and yet you and then you look at what you know the team has been, not just over the last you know year, two years, three years. I mean, go back the last twenty years since really since the move and everything that has followed. And then you see, I mean, here here we are. Got a guy in Tampa, a guy in New York, and a guy in Budapest, and we're all sitting here talking about the Browns and the upcoming season after going through what four wins over the last three years. Uh, I can imagine imagine how it's it's almost like we're we're probably looked at almost like zoo animals like wow that is amazing you know how how do you people even exist like what is up with you? and i can imagine it being kind of more of a fascination uh because honestly and and real realistically i really don't know how to explain it because i mean i, I know i just know that we're here uh, well i did kind of explain it a little bit yesterday uh during the podcast but either way um I want to ask you the same question that I asked uh, uh Gin and Tonic just a couple of minutes ago, as far as the the preseason goes what i mean what do you think is the appropriate amount for uh, and if, certainly you can comment on what I just said, but um about you know starters and like what do you think is the appropriate amount because you just mentioned an important thing injuries um and I kind of you know vacillate between well you know if if you're playing not to get hurt that's when you get hurt. You know, it's kind of like when you're playing not to lose. That's when you lose. And so, what do you think is the right balance between guys that are, you know, you're trying to get the team kind of all, you know, because the preseason is supposed to be about preparing for the regular season. What do you think is the right balance as far as uh, players starting and who should be playing when we get when these games get uh, fired up here? Really, in like about three weeks.
2: I think that the usual way that these games are handled by the by the head coaches are 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 optimal for for player health i mean the starters uh usually play like a quarter in in the first two games and then a half in the uh third game and then they don't play in the fourth game if if i remember right that's that's the usual thing and and there are some uh, coaches who deviate for one reason or another, but we seem to be sticking with this formula more or less, at least to me. So I th- I think that's kind of a, a good amount, especially since uh since they changed the uh, the way that players are cut last year. So um so y- you know you 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 can cut down from 90 to uh 53 in like once yeah one cut so uh i don't expect any starter to play in the fourth game and uh they might not even play uh an entire half in the third game if uh i mean if everything is going everything is going good then uh there's no reason for them to uh, risk an injury so But anyway, I I would would be happy with the one quarter, one quarter, two quarters, zero quarter for the starters. What about Uh, through the through the four games?
0: Well, let me. What about in the um in the instance of like position battles and in thinking about and, and I'm not you know really. There's not a whole lot of them that are as pronounced as they've been in years past. Um, I guess there's a competition at left tackle between Sean Coleman and Austin Corbett, who was our uh, second round pick.
2: I would say for me, it's it's a linebacker where we seem to have uh, four guys for at most three spots on on the uh, starting team and i and it, and if that that's going to be something that's going to be interesting whether greg changes from the uh 4-3 uh is that he so so that we use more of a uh 4 two, five thing
0: yeah i mean last um, year we all thought it was going to be the big nickel you know remember when we yeah, when we, yeah yeah
2: uh, i mean th- most teams use uh the, use five defensive backs most of the snaps and didn't do that and the the reasoning that greg gave was that we did now now we have the personnel i think to do that so it's going to be interesting how that shakes out and uh, and you know uh Peppers might even get some snaps there if 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 he to be as uh, as uh down in the box safety. So that's that's going to be interesting for me. How how the uh, how the linebacker linebacker position shape and the quarterback position cornerback cornerback. Yeah, we have uh we have Ward of. And um, we acquired a couple of guys. So, a couple of players, right? If I remember three correctly.
0: Yeah, we we acquired three guys: T.J. Carey, E.J. Gaines, and
2: Terrence Mitchell. So, draw starters. Do I remember right? On their respect.
0: Uh, I be- well, I know that uh, Carey and Gaines were. I don't think Mitchell was. Do you know the answer to that, Jen?
2: No, uh,
1: I th- well, I'm almost positive that Mitchell wasn't. Um, but Gaines and Carry were, uh, yeah, rota- well, I- I'd say more than rotational guys. They were starters slash, you know, like, fill- you know what I mean? Like, they were top three corners on their teams. So, depending so, on that. Uh, who-
2: plus, we have BBC, who I think they any corner, for some reason, we only use them uh, covering slot guys. But anyway, we we have... That's uh, uh, Breon
0: Body Calhoun you were just referencing. Few, if people didn't catch it, you just said BBC.
2: Uh, and uh, the other two minutes. So um, <laughs> those, those, are, those are the positions. I mean, just uh, fancy back in general. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious how we'll go, How how we'll do talent infusion.
0: Having a little uh, bit of a uh, problem with your connection, for kind of uh, chopping in and out. I don't know if you're hearing that same thing, um, gin and tonic. But let me let me ask, yeah. Yeah, let me ask you though, uh, Michael Kendricks. He really is. You know, he kind of is like the Jason McCourty of this year, kind of our big post draft free agent signing. If, if you know, I mean, if, 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 they, if, you, if there really is such a thing, uh, do you see him as being somebody that's going to push for one of the starting uh, three, which seem pretty set in the persons of uh, Collins, Kirksey, and Schobert?
1: Well, I, I mean, I love Kendricks. I, I loved him when he was drafted. I, I just, I, I think he was, he's the the kind of linebacker that we've not had like a guy that can cover a tight end guy that can cover running back out of the backfield. Um, I think it's more situational than anything else. I, I think those four guys will be on the field, depending on, you know, the, the, the combination of the four guys that will be on the field will be depending on who we're playing uh, down, obviously down in distance Um and you know whoever just happens to be playing well. I mean, I I, I know everyone loved, loved Schobert. Schobert had a good year last year. Um, I'm not saying you know he. Had a, I think his numbers were slightly inflated, but uh, he was he was a he was a good player for us. And I, I I just think that Kendricks is a kind of a guy that takes your defense to another level. Things that we've struggled with, he's really good at. Um, So he solves some Not necessarily solves But he addresses some of the issues That we've had in the past Um, We have never been able to cover tight ends Um, That shouldn't be as big a problem Moving forward And, uh, you know, on on third and six Or third and seven Over the middle We have a guy that can actually Stick with a a better tight end And you don't have to worry about You know, uh, bringing a safety up to cover somebody Or, or, you know, bringing in another cornerback It just I think it gives us a Give us more of a uh, – any, anytime we incru- improve the quality of the players on the team, uh, rotationally, I don't think it matters. I, I know guys are – you know, Schobert played every snap last year, and I, I don't think he can't play every snap again this year, but I don't think he will just because I think now the defense is more suited to do things a little bit better and a little bit more differently.
0: So it's almost like I hear you saying that you think that maybe Kendricks could push Schobert and, and possibly uh, supplant him at that starting uh, middle backer spot.
1: I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna start. Um, what I'm saying is, I think that the, the combination of the three guys you'll see do di- different things. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Collins rush the passer from almost like an end position. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, like, instead of bringing another safety and they they would, you know, like, or, or bring another corner in, you might see all four guys on the field at the same time, and you know, maybe Collins moves up to to rush the passer. They kick Garrett inside. Um, you know, that way, you know, you're rushing, you're, you'd be rushing those three guys, you know, three guys, and then maybe somebody else off the edge. I, I don't really know what you're going to see, but I think you're going to see more, uh, what Kendricks gives you is a little bit more of a, the ability to do different things, especially with the other guys that are there to begin with. Cause I think it's a strong, it was a strong unit last year. Um, even without Collins playing his best football, but with Collins healthy this year, and Kendrick's added to that mix. You kind of, your linebacking group can kind of do it all. Yeah, and, and
0: it's it's a you know an important point that Collins really does have ability to to rush off the edge. He did it very effectively in New England. hasn't really done it a whole lot since he's been with us, but he can do it. He's demonstrated that he can do it in the past. And I got you know, another one that can. If um, if if you haven't had an opportunity to view his college tape, is Gennard Avery, the guy that we got in yeah. the fifth round. Sure. Uh, he he, you know, lived off the edge a lot in college, and of course, we also picked up Chad Thomas, um, the edge player who kind of plays like a linebacker, although he is a, a defensive end. Uh, got him in in the third round of this last draft. So I mean, you're, you're right. I think that the the pack, the way that we can package some things, because the other uh, part that you also mentioned is that these guys that we have playing on the edge, both Garrett and Ogba, uh, either and Thomas actually, all three of those guys can kick inside in certain packages. Uh, yep. so really, I mean, honestly, the, the linebacking core as a whole is maybe as strong or stronger than, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember when it was we had a collection of guys. I mean, the top five, Collins, Kirksey, Schobert, Kendricks, and Avery, you know, when was the last time we had a unit that was that strong?
1: Uh, our offensive line, like three years ago. Well, so I mean, probably...
0: at the linebacker position.
1: Oh, it, since, since the, the return, I, I don't think we've had a group... I mean, it, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, our secondary—I want to say, like maybe five years ago—was probably on par with this group potentially. You know what I mean? So twenty. We had uh, Ward, Hayden, um, Buster, Gibson. Yeah, yeah Buster. Uh, that was a really good group. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. It was really, really good. This group is really, really good and could be great if everybody plays. You know, if everyone stays healthy and everyone plays to their potential, um, Collins is a very unique player. He's a difference maker. Schobert is a. I think Schobert's the kind of guy that's a consummate pro. Uh, he was a Pro Bowler last year, but I think he's just a really good player. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, guys like that you want on your team, and I think Kirksey, obviously, uh, another one of those guys. Just he makes really he makes really good decisions. So he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And to me, the the wild card has always been Kendrick's. I think adding a guy in that can do things that your team is deficient at, um, and he's really good at it, and he's a really good player, uh, just solidifies that that unit of four. So to me, I'm not necessarily concerned who's starting and and who's – finishing games it's, it's more along the lines of um other guys being put in in the right position to do the jobs that they're really good at, or the do the things that they're really good at
0: and and you know, that's a perfect uh segue to the next thing I'm going to ask you and because you mentioned the the coverage issues that our linebackers had last season and and certainly I mean you could if if you know last year it was kind of came a running joke that if uh, if you were using if you're in fantasy and you a tight end was available that was playing us get that guy because he's going to get you know eight, nine, ten catches and several touchdowns every because every game we were getting burnt. And it's been like this for the last several years. Uh, when you look at the guys that we have on the roster, I mean, Kirksey is I mean, we drafted him because he could cover. Collins, although he was hurt a lot of last year, he can cover. So I'm asking, you know, w- was our problems last year and fourth, we'll get you in here in a moment too to, to talk about this. Do you think our problem had to do more with the inability of the players to cover or was it possibly a little bit more scheme related?
1: Well, it could be a combination of the two. I mean, it's tough when you get teams that line up. I mean, teams... I think our secondary was incredibly suspect last year. Our safeties were not good. So if you know teams start dragging running backs and, line back and, and tight ends over the middle for five or six yards, you know, and you have a poor secondary play, where you're, you know, obviously Peppers was, I mean, never near the line of scrimmage, regardless of down and distance, and uh, you know, we just we just really never got a good safety play out of whoever played free safety. So it really was just. Or, or, or strong safety, to tell you the truth. Like whoever was on the field, we didn't really get good safety play at all. And we didn't really get great cornerback play beyond the first five or six weeks of the season. So I think a lot of the coverage issues are sure that the linebackers are, I think they were put in positions to fail because our secondary was just really bad. Um, I obviously think we addressed that quite a bit this offseason. So I think, and we addressed the linebacker coverage issues to begin, you know, on top of that. I just think that the, the, the pass coverage should be significantly better. And if we get the improved pass rush that we all expect, uh, the defense as a whole should be uh, tons better than it was last year. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much we, you know, we missed sacks by half a second here or a second. Like if that can change where we can get a little bit more pressure because we're getting better coverage, slightly better coverage uh this is you know i won't say a top 10 defense but it's a top half of the league defense real quick you know Certainly. with potential to be better
0: i agree fourth uh same question to you
2: i, I agree with gnt that it, it was a combination of the two um we we had problems with our personnel but we really didn't have help matters with, with our um scheme even even though Greg says that uh, or at least kind of uh, alluded to that his hands or that his hand was forced because uh, of the personnel that he had to work with but still I have a feeling that not only were we in a sub-optimal scheme but um, we were also really really predictable on both sides of the ball i mean you know how many times could you tell before the play happened what he was gonna do all year long yeah
1: <laughs> all year long same 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 with same with whoever we're playing you know what i mean like you could tell like third down you knew what was coming you know uh, or you know second and short you knew what was going to happen every, against us defensively almost every single snap because we didn't stop it, so why would teams change it? You know, until we, you stop it, why would teams change change up what they're doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you got third and short, that's that's gonna be a completion and a first down guaranteed. I don't think that we, unless the offense made a mistake, I don't think that we stopped any team on like a third and four. Or third, third and one, or two. I mean, it was it was maddening that, uh, and and you know we, we talked about this before, especially during the uh, Green Bay game where there was like a third and four, and uh, the corners were ten yards away from the play. I mean, what are you going to do? It's going to be a short pass to to the uh receiver and then, that that's exactly what happened we tackled the guy first down yeah i
1: mean you might as well not even put any defensive ends on the field at that point if you're gonna play 10 yards off the field right just you have back and, in coverage
2: and uh but but you know maybe may, i mean sometimes it, it it looked like it was a sabotage or <laughs> or or do done on purpose well because, you know, i mean because that's... it it was it was ridiculous and I'm I'm kind of more secure in the in this when it comes to Greg. I'm I'm a bit unsure about if Hugh was simply dumb or if he did this on purpose. Because I mean, even when he tried to be smart and surprise people, I mean, how many times did we manage to make a successful play when when he? uh did one of his gadget plays where where the uh offensive line was broken up into three.
1: I think we had two plays like that that were positive all year. And
0: and the positive was like maybe two or three yards.
1: Yeah, yeah so <laughs> and, not worth not worth the effort. You could just run it up the gut with Crow and then just as and,
2: good. And we had two or three of those I think every single game. Yeah. So so I mean it was terrible and and the and the pre snap movements and everything you, you know, the play comes in. Uh, Kaiser calls for the uh, pre snap movement. We reset, and the guy has like six or seven or maybe eight seconds of the clock by this point, yes. Yeah. So, so. He 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 looks around to see what the defense is in, and he he has like three seconds to signal that, that we need to hurry up. That, and snap the ball. And not only that, but that always puts us
1: back in a spot where we're snapping the ball with one second on the clock all the time. That allows the defense to get off the ball faster because if we don't snap it, we take a delay of game. So you know, if you're a smart defensive player, if the clock goes down to one, you're run you're jumping anyway because you know, either they snap it and, and you're off with the snap of the ball or it's a take game. a penalty.
0: No, that's a great point. That's a great, because if you're a def- you're exactly right, because if you're a defender, it takes the guessing game out of it.
1: Yep. And we were constantly putting ourselves in that. I mean, if you go back and look, there's so many times we've snapped the ball with under three seconds on the on the clock. So there there is no hesitation. You know what I mean? Like these guys, they, were, they knew when the ball was going to be snapped. You know I mean, you throw a rookie quarterback in there who's got to struggle to begin with. It, it just, it, I, I, I mean, I said it last year, I didn't like the roster going into the season. I didn't like, you know, I thought all on potential. You know, it could be really good, probably not going to be really good. This is a different team now. I I think that there is significant talent upgrades specifically on defense, um, specifically in the secondary and and the linebackers. And I think that that's going to play a big role in the improvement of the front four as well.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's really kind of the 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 question is does the, you know, will an improved pass rush Uh, you know increase our coverage ability or vice versa will it be a you know better coverage allow you give our our edge rushers you know uh, garrett and agba enough time to get to the quarterback Uh, what do you think fourth is kind of the the more primary or i mean not not even philosophically as far as in a general way but for our you know purposes specifically for the browns what do you think is the the more imperative of the two
2: well, just based on last year, I think I think the... Uh, well, I mean, both uh, kind of rely on each other because you can't cover forever and uh, you, you can't really get there if they can throw almost immediately. So they, they both kind of rely on each other, but just based on last year, I think uh, it's more important for us to have a, a good... Uh, coverage when it comes to their receivers because as GNT said earlier, I mean, there were so many times when we just needed a little more time for our pass rush to get there. And it was so frustrating to see uh, one of our ends or linebackers or tackles or whatever hit the quarterback just after he he, he threw the ball and uh the guy's wide open (laughs) yeah and uh i mean it it was a really frustrating season to watch because i mean for for a million reasons but but um even when when something good happened i mean the the uh game in london against minnesota uh it started out fantastically for us and i was so sure that we are going to screw this up yeah (laughs) yep we 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 got up like two touchdowns or three so early that uh, i mean i was i was absolutely sure that uh we don't have enough time to hold on to this lead and once we get behind we are really not (laughs) a team that can kind of make up uh, for a two um, for, for being behind two or, or even one touchdown I mean I mean it was ridiculous uh, I mean I, I understand that you kind of had to I mean less uh, poor Kaiser man I, I really feel sorry for the guy I mean you didn't he didn't play a lot in college so he was he had less experience than the uh, three other guys that were taken before him and um, he had a really bad coach at Notre Dame and then he comes to us and the way we were set up I mean 2018 as you guys alluded to it uh, before 2018 was our year from the beginning when we started this and uh, we drafted Kaiser to kind of see what the deal is with him and he he was kind of Especially with the uh, QB room we had, we we kind of had to see what we ha- have with him. So it it uh, it was it was always going to be a horrific uh, train crash or or somehow uh, the guy is going to play out of his mind, which would have been awesome for us in 2018 uh, in the draft. I mean, we we could have had. Uh, I, I don't even want to think about it but um, uh, so then you know I mean the way Hugh handled this is or was absolutely a, a travesty of a head coach performance and he must be a really awesome and charismatic guy behind the scenes because otherwise I have no idea why anyone or any of the players would like him but uh, and I can't believe I, I'm saying this because I, I wasn't too enthused but at this point whoever we, we got uh, as an OC I, I, I would have been happy with anyone just not just keep Hugh away from calling plays so that I don't have to see him still mouthing the play with like 18 seconds on the clock <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Right. You know, you know how many times it happened that uh, the clock is ticking, and and <laughs> we we I mean half half the play clock is gone, and he's still uh, saying the uh, play behind the uh, sheet. I mean, it how how I mean, as soon as as soon as the mics are turned on, he he should be saying the damn play. And it shouldn't take more than five seconds.
1: You're right. If it takes 17 seconds to, to ring off a play to a rookie quarterback, you know you're doing something wrong.
2: Yeah, I you mean, and, 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 and Kaiser spent, you know, a lot of time uh, during training camp, and he was praised for it, you know, staying late, practicing, uh, calling the plays. I mean we knew that it it was it was going to be difficult for him but he prepared extra so I don't know what was it did did you have to say the plays twice or or three times every single time Well, and if that's the problem then god damn it change the names of the plays or do something simplify everything simplify everything you know yeah, like- I mean... Ah, whatever.
0: Yeah, and and, and that was so much of the frustration is that there just really never seemed to be any adapting for anything. In fact, you made the point, and I think that it's it's kind of uh, very well said. You know, we we came out in that first game last year against Pittsburgh. And, of course, we had the block punt, like, on the first series that just wrecked everything. It was the—you know, it was our our typical foreshadowing of doom that we get. But then after— you know that but we played them well like we played them other than you know a a freak catch by Antonio Brown and you know a couple of of things I mean we almost beat the Steelers on opening day so we had a good game plan we went in there we played them tough but it's almost like every other team that we played we just went in there with that same game plan that we had against the Steelers and didn't modify anything that we did the entire rest of the year and so we ended up going Uh. against
1: uh, go ahead which, I mean, I guess it's maybe that's an indictment of, of the, the, you know, I I, don't, I know everyone wants to blame the coaches, but maybe it's just an indictment of the roster. I mean, we had, I mean, neck, less than nothing at wide receiver, and we started a rookie quarterback who was, let's let's just be completely honest, not ready to play, like, high-level Division One football, never mind pro football, you know? Like, I don't think he was ready last year. And I get why he was out there, but I don't think he, he, you know, like he, he wasn't. He was our best option, but he wasn't clearly good enough to be on the field. And he had, you know, he had very little to throw to in the way, you know, in the mean, except for you know, the tight ends played well. You know what I mean? Our, our wide receivers last year were horrible.
0: About as bad as they could have possibly been. That's right.
1: You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, you're 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 putting a, a you know a a quarterback who has. At some point, he's going to have zero faith in in the guys he's throwing the ball to, except for maybe two or three guys. And, and let's be honest, those guys weren't on the field as much as they should have been. You know, like, how many snaps did, did uh, DeValve and, and Njoku have compared to some of the other guys that are on the field that were negatives? Like, I mean, like, like Higgins, uh, Corey Coleman, who, I mean, I bashed to, to no end, but, like, Lewis, he, he who's throwing the ball to guys that, I mean... Realistically, when you throw them the ball, throw them the ball in a position where they're gonna make the catch or should make the catch most of the time, they weren't catching it then. And like, and he's not putting the ball where it's supposed to be for it to be caught all the time. He was he was terribly inaccurate to guys that were just not not good hands guys. With the exception of Higgins, I think Higgins is the only guy in that out of that group that has decent enough hands that that even though his you know like. His speed isn't is, is a you know, isn't it isn't there with those other guys or his size or his ability to get open as much. He's the one guy that you could throw the ball to and he'll probably catch it, no matter where it is, for the most part. The other guys just you know, you could hit it like you said, we saw Corey Coleman get hit right in the hands. How many times have we seen Ricardo Lewis drop it? Surefire first down completions last year. I mean, it, it, you know, so I I, I know people want to blame you for a lot of that, but a lot of that is on the guys that were on the field. Like I mean, we had we had a very inaccurate quarterback who was a kid and a young kid, but he was a he was out there for a reason because he was the best thing that best option that we had, and we had a a slew of guys that we were throwing the ball to that were just not NFL caliber receivers. Not not that they they can't play in the NFL, but you can't put those three or four guys on the field at the same exact time and expect that one of them is going to make a play for you because they're, they're secondary role guys. You know what I mean? They're, they're not, none of them are, are top one or two guys. They're three, four, you know, maybe three, probably four or five guys, you know, and we're throwing them out there as our number one and number two.
0: Well, and to be fair, I mean, we lost Corey Coleman at the very beginning of the year, and then we were stuck with at that point, like, you know, Kenny Britt and Ricardo Lewis as our starting wideouts. And I mean, forget about it. That was, I mean, that was, and and I've always been one that kind of puts the the onus of the quarterback wide receiver relationship way more on the quarterback than I do the wide receiver. But when they're that bad, I mean, they are, when they are as soul crushingly bad as they were last year until uh, Coleman. And then eventually as the year went on, when Gordon came in there, it was, you know, it was, and, and even then. But, of course, by that point, um, Kaiser's confidence had been so incredibly shattered because of his, I mean, look, after everything that you guys have mentioned. And it's, a, it's an interesting point that, uh, Fourth, you brought up because you're right. Kaiser didn't really play. Uh, I think he, he started, what, like 15 games total in his college career before? Or, or, I, yeah, it's, it's a low number. Yeah, it was, it was a very low number. And by comparison, do you know how many games Baker Mayfield started in his college career?
1: It's almost 50, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know I mean? And and that's... I mean, you talk about a disparity just in terms of of experience. And it almost makes you... I mean, look, as bad as uh, Brock Osweiler was and we got him in the incredible trade with uh, with the Texans, uh, as bad as he was it wouldn't have made better sense given everything that we've talked about with Kaiser to just throw the veteran out there and let him get beat on a little bit um, as opposed to what we ended up doing I mean I guess it's easy to say that in retrospect but I mean, well, I,
1: think, I, I, I think that was the plan I really do think that that was the plan from the start I think you wanted him to start but he, they tried to give that job to Kessler they tried to give that job to Osweiler and they were both terrible and Kaiser was the best of the three of them in the preseason and it wasn't even close
2: and we had to see what we have. Yeah, that I one I get. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, plot. I think the problem was. It's a good point. And, and you know, I mean, right now, uh, Mayfield is like five times as experienced at the, at the college level as Kaiser was, and yet the uh, the the narrative now is that we are going to play the. Uh, he experienced uh Taylor so um you know I mean last last year's QB room was so damn awful that um I don't know I mean uh I guess you could have uh uh you could have put uh Osweiler out there but um you know I mean we didn't get him for his uh QB uh prowess you know i mean that's that's not why we got him
0: no we got him because we got a second round pick for
2: uh, to to, yeah, exa- to take him e- exactly <laughs> and 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 we and and we kind of had to sort of keep up appearances i guess because i i think i think the uh some some of the league kind of frowned upon what what sashi did even though it was brilliant so I think he, he sort of, we he, he kind of had to keep up appearances for a while. But in any case, that's, that's over. But what what bothered me really was, even though everything that GNT said about the offense and, and, and our receiving threats, if you can call them that.
0: They were threats to us.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and to Kaiser's confidence, surely. But um, uh, Hugh never changed his approach. I mean, can you imagine Belichick if if he had these guys that he that he wouldn't have focused more on the tight ends as receiving threats? Oh yeah, absolutely would have. I mean,
1: he see. The thing is, I think I think that he plays around. Obviously, good coaching plays around the strength of the players that you have. Um, and clearly, our best players were the, the the tight in the past game were the t- tight ends and Duke. I would say we'd probably be our three best players all year. And um
2: You know, I I mean I'm not saying that you would ne- that he would have never uh thrown the ball to our receivers, but um after like two or three games when you see that they are this incompetent, then you know, he would have changed something. And I mean as as soon as uh you saw like first down and uh, Crow is in the backfield, you know.
1: Yeah, running the ball.
2: Yeah, we're running the ball. You know, Crow is alone in the backfield, or especially if, if we have a full back And uh, although, like a few times we didn't run the ball when we had two backs, but um, I mean for the most part, the defense could have been could could have been really sure what we were doing plus the issues with the clock uh oh, the rookie quarterback our our receivers being our uh our secondary
1: is significantly better there is no excuse to not be significantly better this year
2: correct Yeah. exactly uh, so I... so what what are you guys expecting what no, no uh I, I i let me rephrase the question what would be the uh minimum successful season for us. So what how many wins would we have to get for you to consider the twenty eighteen season for us to be uh I mean successful
1: for us Browns?
0: Why'd you go ahead first, Jim?
2: I mean I I'd
1: like to see six, but you gotta realize Six win improvement is drastic. You know what I mean? I guess it's easier to win six more games when you when you won zero the year before than it is than if you won four last year or you know if you won eight last year. It's hard to go from you know uh, four and twelve to ten and, to ten and six uh, than it is to go from zero and sixteen to six and ten. You know what I mean? I, but I still think that uh, it's it's a it's a still a very young team. Um, and I guess to me the wild card is what are we going to get from the coaching staff? Um, but six wins I think would be a, a really good year, specifically if we saw um, a lot of growth out of the guys along the front in the front seven. Uh, if we saw really really consistent improvement from um, from uh, you know Coley Obi Joni uh, from uh, Miles from from. Uh, but if you saw those guys play really well, uh, six wins, and and if we saw Mayfield come in and play well, to me that would be a monster of a successful season. Because next year the sky's the limit. Then you know that then we're you know then we're a playoff team. You know what I mean? Uh, we're we're right there if we win six games with the with the young group playing really well. Um, but if we you know if we struggle and we win three games and uh, I mean I don't know I think that would be to me it's about a combination of things we could win six games and it could be that you know Taylor plays really well in those six games and we don't really generate a ton of pass rush but we run the ball well like to me that wouldn't be a good year I, I, I would rather see us rush the passer really well this year um, and you know if if Baker Mayfield happens to get in there and play well, that would be even better to me. To me, those are the things that, that if we see significant improvement on the defense and win six games, I'm happy with it. I don't need to win eight or ten this year. I just want to see us get better and throw some real W's up there that that are a result of this, the type of style we're playing, not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, what – Just straight up W's. I can't. I can't quantify a win. I can't quantify wins the same way. I guess moving forward, like not this year at least. I I would view them a little differently than than I would in years past. Well,
0: it's definitely magnanimous because you're saying, you know, hey, this is a year we don't have any excuses. But still, you're you're allowing for some growing pains. I mean, six wins. That's not exactly you know barn burner type stuff. Uh, Yeah, but
1: how many teams win six games more than they won the year before? You know, yep. How many how many teams do that every uh, – go look up. I, I guarantee you over the last 10 years it's maybe happened a half a dozen times.
2: Yeah, well, it's hard. I, I mean, look. They're, yeah, they're... yeah, but at, at the same time for us, six wins is si- – six win improvement is six wins. For a six win team, that would be 12 wins. So there's a difference there. No,
1: and I agree with that and I understand that. But I think it's still really hard to go from from – Zero. I still think it's really hard to improve your your record by six wins, especially when. We weren't really, I mean, with the exception of maybe three or four games last year, we weren't really in a lot of games. Uh, it wasn't, you know, we were, we were a bad 0-16. It wasn't a really good 0-16.
0: I think that's, I think that may be debatable, but I don't really feel like dragging up the uh, schedule to go through it uh, game by game. Um, I'll, I'll um uh, go second with the, uh, with the predictions here. I, I've been very effusive since, uh, well, even since before the draft, and I, you know, I, I even wrote an article today where I continued to double and triple and quadruple and quintuple down on the notion that I think uh, Mayfield's gonna be the starter day one nothing against Tyrod Taylor it has everything to do with what I think uh, Mayfield can and will do and you know if I'm wrong'll we'll, you know that'll it'll just be more fodder for, uh, for for people to hurl invective in my direction which is fine but if that is what happens um, I gotta take my expectation you know it's, it's you ask the question what would I accept or what would I be disappointed with or what have you my expectation at that point given the you know the roster and and kind of given what I expect out of of that of the quarterback position I I would expect an eight win team uh, because I think that the talent on this team is conducive to that now does that mean that if we don't reach that that you know it's time to blow everything up or I'm uh, totally disappointed no I'm, I'm kind of more like like GNT where I'm thinking you know if if we pull off uh six wins and I think it's also important the distinction that you made like you know if we if it's one thing to go into a game like you're going into a championship game and you're like you know uh, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to keep the ball out of the opposing offense's hands. So we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna hold it for forty five minutes, and we're gonna just uh, try to you know win the game you know nine to six because it's because it's such a crucially important you know championship type game that you pull out all the stops and you know but you don't do you don't necessarily do that where you're in a year you know like if you're if you're in week two against the Bengals or whoever it is it's on our schedule you know you're not necessarily trying to pull because because that doesn't necessarily um, grow anything. Now winning just to win certainly that's you know we'll take that um but I I, but I'm kind of I understand the concept of I I, and and this was you know I think part of the issue that we had last year with Kaiser uh where we weren't trying to you know kind of sugarcoat if you know the 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 way that we were doing our offense or make it easy for him you know he was going out there trying to do you know big boy reads and and doing it all at the at the uber um level where he certainly wasn't ready for it but I think that it, it would be important for us to approach it particularly if Mayfield isn't there that we don't that we do, you know, have him go through that process of, you know, trying to make the hard throws, trying to make the tough even if he even, you know, even if uh they end up not being successful in his rookie year. Uh I think I think that it's important that we kind of, you know, set that tone. We're at a place right now you know, you look at other uh, major league sports. The, you know, the Houston Astros won the World Championship last year and the World Series in there. You know, and they kind of went through this same thing. They were, I mean, they were just god awful. They were terrible uh, for a couple years. And then, but they, what they did is they used that, got some, you know, great players in there in the MLB draft and just built up their farm system. And now they are, now they're a powerhouse and look like they're going to be for some time. Same thing in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, what we have done in, at the NFL level is, you you know like that approach on steroids i mean it's not possible to bottom out any more than we've done uh, over the last three seasons and so i kind of expect even though i'm i'm allowing for a, a good degree of um you know of, of you know bad bounces and just things not going our way i, I do kind of expect us to be uh, competitive in every game you know i i don't i don't expect us we we should not with this roster that we have we should not be blown out in any game that we play we should absolutely be in every game Now, it's not saying that you know you could have have, you know you're, you're you know it's a three-point game and then a team scores a touchdown at the end so you lose by 10 that's not the same thing i'm talking about i'm saying it's it's more of a you know you know you know what i'm talking about when a team gets beat down versus a team where it just ends up being a lopsided score at the end of it uh, well sure
1: i mean there's there's 10 point losses that are games are close blowouts you know and there's 10 point losses where the game is or 17 point games where the game is significantly closer i mean you know right. you can you could be within a touchdown and then with with you know you could be down a touchdown 3 minutes left and throw a pick six and all of a sudden it's a you know 14 point game you know like Whereas you could be within, you know, you could be down two score of, or three or four scores, and then get two cheap ones at the end of the game and make it look close. Like there's, sure, you know, you could be. There are times when 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 the score is not obviously not indicative of how close or how far apart the game was. So that's, I guess, more along the lines. I would want to see I don't care. The final scores don't really mean as much as if you watch the games. You know what I mean? If you watch the games, you know if it was a close game or not.
0: I, I agree, and the, the the one last thing I'll say about Hugh Jackson, you know, I mean we, we've we've and I think rightfully, you know, kind of beaten him up over uh, you know, for 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 his performance, but you know, one thing that it is worth pointing out, and you know, the the we we all, we all know the approach, we all know what happened at the end of the 2015 season, we basically gutted every every scrap of uh, veteran presence we had on the roster, we we let all those guys go, um, you know, gin and tonic's favorite guy Mitchell Schwartz, you know, Sashi Brown gave him the figure, spit on him, and then kicked him out the door. I mean, that, that happened. That was
1: documented. He forgot, it. It, he, forgot it. he talked about his mom, too. That's
0: right. That, uh, yeah, that's right. He, all, all of that happened, and we had uh, just everybody, whoever, you know, Tayshon Gibson, whoever you like, and that happened for basically two years where we purged everybody, had young players, and Hugh, um, while certainly, you know, struggling in the play-calling arena and struggling mightily, I think even worse than play-calling was his game management, at the same time, you know, if when you're, if you're a typical team, you've got six or seven rookies maybe two or three or four of them are players that are you know making heavy contributions that you have to kind of work through the growing pains of those guys we had probably 20 or 30 of those last year and Hugh is for for the most part he did a pretty good job of bringing those guys along but at every step of the process you know we have because it wasn't I mean the way that we were losing last year it wasn't like we lost the same way every game we found creative ways to lose every single week uh, there was one game where we had, uh, you know, like ten person a uh, pass interference penalties. Then there was the game we had no penalties at all and still lost. Uh, we had games yeah. where uh, the you know where we couldn't, uh, we were turning the ball. Well, of course we turned the ball over in every game. Uh, the, I mean, th- there was just every game. It seemed like there was some kind of new thing that we would, and I think that a lot of that was indicative of just you've got young players, guys that are uh, trying too hard, guys that are trying to find their way, and so w- all that to say. You know that was last year, that was the year before all of those guys now are one year you know uh further into the process and while we are going to have some rookies that are going to be you know heavily contributing bigger mayfield for the most part, our guys that are set in the starter roles are veterans are you know in their second year and their third year if they were kind of part of this whole process so I kind of expect that a lot of those those growing pangs and the the you know the the rookie problems that we have i I kind of expect a lot of that to go away and and that's why I'm, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't want to summon the voodoo doll forth, but I'm just thinking that I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking You're at, <laughs> I know, but, but I mean, I, I really do. I think that this is a team that it, we should be competitive in every game. And I'll say it like this: since nobody thinks that Baker that uh, Mayfield's going to start, then me saying it doesn't really matter. If he's the starter, we win eight games, and that's my, uh, my expectation. Now you asked the question. Go ahead and answer it forth. What's your expectation going into the season?
2: well i agree with chris that the uh six win season would be a successful one for us so if we win six games i'm gonna be happy and um it's it, it's an interesting um how, how should i say it? if if baker mayfield beats out taylor in the training cap and 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 he is not in due to injury. So if he beats out Taylor in in in, in, the ta- in during training camp, like fair and square, and 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 there's well, it, there would be arguments no matter what happens. But but if if the uh, general consensus is that Hugh isn't making a huge mistake, that he isn't screwing the situation up ag- again, so if everyone can see pretty much that uh, Mayfield is outplaying. Taylor and that's why he's the starter then I agree that we should be expecting uh, 0.500 season Uh, I think that's a reasonable (laughs) expectation because then he then the guy is really good and then we are unless something drastically terrible happens which we should always expect as Browns fans then we are set (laughs) Uh, for the foreseeable future and the, uh, at least at quarterback which i mean not at least because that's the most important thing to be set at oh yeah so i would be pretty happy I would be pretty happy if if that happened, but I, I don't think that's gonna happen.
0: And look, the the combination of uh, Bayfield, Thyroid, and uh, my man Rex Skelton as a third string guy—that that's our um, really the best quarterback room, I, maybe since you know the days of Bernie and Vinny. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time we had. or, I mean, maybe maybe a Couch and Holcomb, but it, it's been a long time since we've had that sort of. Because te- I mean, look, uh, I'm I, whenever I talk about this, I always feel like I'm sliding Tyrod Taylor and. I'm Really not. I think that he is as as it goes. You know, for some of the schleps we've had in there, as the you know veteran presence, you know the Jake Delhomies and Brian Hoyer's of the world, Tyrod is definitely you know I I think head and shoulders above you know those guys. I think certainly there's a cap on that. There's a reason why the Bills were you know gave him up to us for a third rounder. But be that as it may, he's he's a good he, he can he's a solid starter. And yeah, if if Mayfield does beat him out, as I have been predicting, he will. Then that that does then the only reason that could be and look at this point I don't think that that Hugh the one way uh, area I will agree with everybody on this is that Hugh doesn't want to start uh, Mayfield he wants to start Tyrod Taylor he wants it no matter and he said no matter what no matter what no matter what now I don't believe the no matter what because as you say if he comes in and, and Mayfield is just you know picking up the offense faster moving it faster doing it faster and better and and uh more efficiently well then the decision's going to make itself and if that happens well then yeah i mean then we've got a, a bona fide legitimate franchise caliber quarterback and then katie bar the door where we have all uh, nothing but excitement ahead of us if it's not that and it's you know tyrod going out there well then even at that point we're in much better uh, – because here, you know, the rest of it, too, is the rest of the roster. I mean, we completely rebuilt the running back position. I mean, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I am way, 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 way happier with Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde than as a replacement for Isaiah Crowell. I think to me that's
1: oh, – yeah. It's, it's, so, are you kidding me? I, Crow, is, <laughs> Crow is a weak link on this team. I'm so happy that he's gone, and I'm so happy that we got I, – I think Chubb is going to be a great player for us. I really do.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And, and of course, we still have Duke who signed a, a contract extension. Um, we've, we've talked about the wide receivers. This group that we have going into it, I mean, yeah, okay, lots of ifs. Uh, but if Gordon can can get it together, then you've got Gordon and Landry. I, yeah, that's like a million times better than what we had last year as our starting two. Of course, you know, the, the uh, it's, it's up in the air with uh, Corey Coleman. If he has a broken hand in the first game of the year, then we're then it's, then it's he's got a broken hand problem. Uh, but yeah. then you also got Antonio Callaway, who's another, you know, a lot of question marks. But those. I, I, uh-huh.
2: I have I have to say something. Go ahead. Um, I had I had a dream about one of the Pittsburgh games. I don't remember which game it was, but I had a dream, and we were catching touchdowns left and right. And the best player in my dream was Callaway. He he caught four them touchdowns, and I was so disappointed when I woke up because we had six touchdowns through the air and against the Steelers. And who was quarterback? That was. Uh, God, I don't remember. Don't I, remember. I, 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 I just, I just <laughs> remember the passes being caught in the end zone. And I was so freaking happy. You, you know what's different That's with what we are. this team? As Browns fans, we, we dream
0: of people catching passes. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: And what we needed, um, we we needed a kind of energy. Because, I mean, let's be fair. A lot of our players have only seen one win. In, yeah. in 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 their career, and the rest of them who are who have been with us have seen like what four or five wins since they've been here. So we have we now have some guys from teams that are used to winning, or coming from college programs that are also used to winning and and being you know just relentlessly positive and and uh, even though. Uh, in order to become a really good player I think you have to be a sort of uh, self being able to motivate yourself because I mean you know day after day you have to watch out how you eat you have, have to work out even in the off season and so on and so forth so you have to be able to motivate yourself to do the right thing and be ready on game day. But still, that has to wear on your soul to, to lose this much. So I'm I'm happy we have Landry. I'm happy we have Randall. I'm happy we have uh, Taylor, even though he is, he wasn't really uh, on a successful team. But they went to the playoff after God knows how many years. 17, 17 years. 17. So uh, – so he is just coming off this uh really great successful year for them even though they needed a little luck at the end from the uh Bengals. so i'm really happy it, it, the the energy feels different it feels different this team feels different and even if we don't play different which uh can certainly happen but uh at least we have this that uh you know I can understand why why the uh, why DBN is so hype. Uh, I mean, I, I can feel it too. I'm just more cautious, plus there's the jinxing issue. Right. But yeah. I, I also have a, another question for you guys. Let's say that we win the Super Bowl before the new CBA, so uh, in, like, what, three years? Uh, let's say that we win the Super Bowl within three years. Do you guys give a ring to Sashi? Well, if, if you if you are Haslam, would you guys give a, a ring to Sasha? Okay, if I'm Haslam, I mean See, I would, because
0: I would. personally, I will probably die during the playoff run if if uh, if we ever actually get to a point of of approaching the Super Bowl. But if if you're if you're uh, Jimmy Haslam, um, I mean, look, it, it, it is it, does the answer is that it, that it wouldn't happen. Um, it, should it happen, you know, it it's that's yeah, I mean, just I
2: know it wouldn't happen. But if you were in his shoes, would you? give him a ring
0: it's it's very difficult for me to put myself in Haslam's shoes for for a variety of reasons but I mean yeah (laughs) personally I would because I do think that this has been I mean look we're going into this year with a roster that's basically going to be half and half uh pretty close to it between players that were were uh, brought in by Sashi and then players that have been brought in by John Dorsey this last offseason and then a lot of the players that John Dorsey brought in were as a result of the draft uh, picks that Sashi was able to stockpile over the last couple of years. So, I mean, yeah, is, is Sashi integral to the process, or was he integral to the process to this point? Sure, uh, but you know, he's 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 just not gonna when this success story is told it's probably only going to be people like us that actually remember that sashi ever had a role in it i mean other than probably other uh, nfl execs to take a look at and say hmm if this worked if the cleveland browns were able to be turned around using this model well then maybe there's something to it and then you'll probably see sashi pop up somewhere uh in a, uh, in a in a uh, GM role someplace else, but before I you know, go too much further on a lot, Jen and Tonic, why don't you go ahead and answer the same question?
1: Well, I actually think that there's two things I wanted to talk about, but I will I'll stick with that one first. But uh, I mean, I've been very critical of Sashi. I still think he, he could have stayed here had he. I think if he drafted a little bit better, if he made a few a few more. Good choices. He would still be here. Um, I just think that a lot of the guys that he drafted didn't really show a ton of promise. And I think I'm not knocking his plan. I think he was put here for a reason. I thought he was he was here for the a total you know rebuild, regut kind of kind of situation. Um, and I think. If I was in the shoes of somebody, if we were to win a Super Bowl, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, I guess what I would expect or I would hope is that somebody would mention his name, you know, like that, you know, all the guys that contributed, he clearly was part of the, you know, would have been part of the turnaround had, you know, if we, you know, head down that path and and start to become a winning franchise. He, you know, he may not, it's like, he's like uh, Sam Hinkle in in Philadelphia, you know, like, they could, they wouldn't be where they are without, you know, the guys that put them where they were, but that doesn't necessarily mean those were the right guys to continue leading them down the path. You know, he played a role, um, and, you know, if we we go ahead and turn this thing around, I'm sorry, there's a helicopter flying overhead. That sounds awesome, by the way. What did you do, Chris? Uh I have no idea. There's no airports really close to where I live. So, um, anyways, I you know like I would want him to get some credit, obviously. But at the same point, you know like he's just a he was a you know he had a role to play, and he 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 did, if he would have lived up to what I think people expected or wanted, he'd still be here. I still think what he did was valuable. But at the same point, um, you know he's not the GM. He's not the guy that made the picks that this year he's not going to be the guy that adds players in the future um but he did he did do a job and it certainly would if we were to be successful over the next three four years he'd be a big part of the reason why we were because of the things that he did to put us in a position to make those decisions you know what i mean i'm not i'm not knocking the guy i've done plenty of that sure um no it's reasonable I, I think to be fair he would definitely deserve some of the credit but he wouldn't you know and I don't think a ring is in order for anybody that's you know that's never going to happen uh you know no gm is going to you know no owner is going to say well the guy i fired a couple of years ago would did a really good job and i'm going to give him a ring <laughs> you know guy. like he's going especially somebody like haslam he's uh, it's going to come down to you know, like maybe Dorsey to get up there and say, you know, like we're, it, it, and he's the kind of guy I think would get up there and do it and say, you know, I mean, he's been critical of him, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't get up there and say, you know, like I came into the a, a situation where there was a lot of resources for me to use, you know, and, and there was a reason that that happened, and you know, I'd like to thank Sasha Brown for for you know for for making some hard decisions and you know maybe things that he didn't want to do, but long term future of the Browns, it was it was very. You know, it was very, it was good for us, you know, so I, I would, that's one thing. Um, I guess the second thing is it kind of touches on the whole Mayfield versus Taylor thing that we you were talking about before. Um, I don't think it's any accident that Tyrod Taylor was the guy that we traded for, Um you know, we gave a third round pickup for a guy that we have control of for one year um, who's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. There's a reason I think that Taylor was the guy that we traded for, though, and it's because he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, I get it. He makes, you know, he takes a lot of sacks on third down. Um But he doesn't turn the ball over. And I think after the last two years, that's something that was very important to this team. Uh, We don't want to turn the ball over. And I'm not saying that Mayfield's going to turn the ball over. But I think the reason that I think Taylor is going to start is because he doesn't turn the ball over.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That is kind of his calling card. That he and, and but I think that it's a double edged sword because, like you say, he takes the sacks on third downs, and you know, in this is this is a gunslinger league. I mean, it really is. You you you, you got to have a guy if you're gonna if you're gonna be successful. If we are ever going to uh, hoist the Lombardi Trophy, it's going to have to be, or, or I should say, it's only going to happen because we're going to have a guy that is going to you know threaten defenses when they have basically got everything covered. Right? I mean, the guys sure. that you know the the, the, the guys that. Win and win big at the highest level. They're the ones that the defense does everything right, and they still beat them. And yeah. that's the thing that. I, and again, I, I like Tyrod Taylor. He's certainly better than anybody that we've had here. Uh, I mean, Josh McCown had a, had a decent uh, stretch for a, a minute, but uh, the but uh, but in terms of uh, what he's accomplished coming into to here, definitely he's got a, a better pedigree and and more um, ex, uh, success than anybody I can remember coming in here. I mean, again, uh, other than like a guy like Jake home but he was a guy that was by the time he got here he was totally, you know, at the end uh of his uh quarterback life cycle and I don't think that I think that that uh, Taylor's going to be playing in the league for uh, quite a while. But I, you know, I I, I just think that um while yeah, it, it, and and by the way, if he is our starter, I think that we'll definitely be a much improved team. We're not going to have those same red zone interceptions. And mean, how many red zone turnovers did we have last year? I know it was in the 20s. Uh which is- red zone turnovers? No, not 20. Uh, it was pretty close. Really, I mean, uh, I'm not talking about just interceptions. I'm talking about because we had several, like you mentioned, the Higo fumble and a couple of other I, things. I
2: think, I think Bernie said 21 during a chow. I,
0: I think so. I think it, it, was, it because was
2: because because we had like 28 and 21 of those were in the red zone or something. Yeah, it's unreal. I know. That's <laughs> and that's and and so yeah. I mean, you just but take. I, you, I, I think maybe maybe it wasn't uh, 21 interceptions, but just turnovers. Right. Not. I it, mean, it, it, either way, it's ridiculous.
0: And that's not even count. Like the game in Detroit, where Kaiser inexplicably calls a quarterback sneak with no timeouts, and we and, end the,
1: clock up, runs out. and
0: the clock runs out, right? I mean, and and yeah. and that's a that's a, for all intents and purposes a, a turnover, and so yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I, we had that argument, <laughs> we
0: yeah. I mean, that was and, and and that was just one of those things. It's like when it happens, you just and all last year was like that, where it's just like. At first, you're 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 mad, and then you just kind of stand there for a second, and then a couple of seconds later, you're like, "Yeah, okay, I totally expect that to happen." <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, you don't, sure exactly
1: enough. everything. Listen, everything we we could do wrong, we've done wrong over the last two years. I mean, you know, on the field, it's it, you know just between the mistakes and just the you know poor play, it's it's you know, it's been rampant. And like I said, that I think that's why it's hard to expect the eight wins. You know what I mean? I think even. Vast improvement puts us at six. You know what I mean? Like, to get to eight would be Mayfield would I think you're right. The only way we get to eight wins is if Mayfield comes out is the starting quarterback and plays, I mean, almost on par with what you saw him do in college where he steps in right away and it's just, you know – which is very well, unlikely for of the year, yeah. and he throws for forty-two hundred yards and twenty-eight touchdowns, and only throws like six interceptions. Right. I mean, that's going to be an awful lot to ask from the kid from one, in year one.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Those are preposterous expectations that only people like me have.
1: Uh, yeah, because, but I mean, that's what I think you need to get to eight wins. I would agree.
0: I would agree, and that's why I, uh, you know, that's why I'm kind of putting the the stipulation there because I think that what what you guys are are, are saying without without nailing the exact word on it, it's it's a culture thing. Um, you don't go from winning, you know, four games in 3 years to, you know, doubling or tripling that uh, unless there is a massive change in the culture of the team and now look having said and that talent. And, well, and, and talent, and, and talent but, but we have i mean look the, the position group by position group which by the way if you um if you want to know the position group by position group you can look at the article that i wrote today on dogs by nature.com pro- uh, prognosticating the what i think is going to be the final 53 but that we, we go through each one of the position groups and i, I don't uh, th- other than i mean it's a little shaky at the cornerback spot even with the additions that we've made only because i think that there's it, it's I, I just need to see how all of those players gel together. I think that we are putting a lot of confidence in Marius Randall and you know playing at free safety where he's not played in the NFL, and Jabril Peppers playing at strong safety, which we assume is going to be his more natural position. But we, but he was you know terrible last year. Uh, you know th- th- to me that's like really the only position groups on the team where I say okay that that could be shaky that could that could not pan out. But the rest of it, I mean, the rest of this roster, I mean the, the running backs, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with the wide receivers. If 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 now of course if if Gore do doesn't play well or, or gets into trouble and if Callaway, you know, gets into trouble and if Coco breaks his hand again, you know, and, and we're, and our starters are, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry and uh, Jeff Janis, okay, well then maybe the wide receiver, you know, group isn't uh, as, uh, you know, what we, what it could be, but the tight ends are solid. The offensive line, unless uh, Sean Coleman just defecates all over himself, it should be adequate. Uh, the defensive line and linebackers we've been, we've been talking about, I mean, there's, there's plenty of, of talent there. Maybe it's more wrapped in potential than anything else but overall this roster you know i think is ready to go if 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 the quarterback spot is is and look even last year if we had you know tyrod taylor last year what do you think our win total would have been
1: i mean i think what was it pff had kaiser had a minus 4.3 or something like that like he was he was negative 4.3 wins so even if you just get a zero out of him we win four and a half games last year
0: right right and and yeah you know? i would i would say that the roster this year is more talented than it was last year sure. uh, no doubt yeah. about it um let me ask you guys this as a. Uh, because you know it's it's this is this is the beginning of the year so it's, it's time to be positive. Who do you do you think each of you is a player that is on the roster that is going to um, be surprising in terms of uh, at the end of the year a Pro Bowl or All Pro caliber uh uh performance that maybe is that nobody is thinking about right now that's currently on the roster and i'll start with you Fourth. is there anybody that you look at that you think could really uh you know outperform expectations and and maybe be recognized
2: oh boy that's difficult because uh, i'm not sure that i can think of anyone who is not expected to be kind of a surprise so to speak uh because i mean we don't have that many guys like that, so I'm not sure. Uh I kind of expect Avery to be uh, a kind of a surprising surprisingly good player uh, who will probably not see the field many times. But when he does, that's going to be we 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 are going to notice when he's on the field. And just judging by my dream, I, I I'm <laughs> I'm sort of. I, I kind of hope that Callaway is going to be awesome. I mean, wouldn't Wouldn't that be great if, if we had if if we had a guy who that would catch four touchdowns against the Steelers? He's wouldn't fast. that be awesome. He
0: is fast, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely a high on Callaway. Uh, Gin and tonic. Is there anybody on your uh, radar that's kind of flying under the radar that um, could be recognized at the end of the year,
1: possibly? All right. So I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I mean, I guess, you know, we, like you said, all the guys that we talk about are the guys that we think are, you know, I, I think everyone kind of has the same expectations. I think that we, we're going to see really good years out of DeValvin and Joku. I think people know that that's, you know, like that's where, uh, to me, the the guy that I think is going to have a monster year, and I think it's going to not only surprise people, I think he's the kind of guy that that as a rookie, the numbers are going to be better than more the, most of the rookies out there, even guys that were drafted significantly higher than them. I think Nick Chubb is going to have a great year. I think uh he's clearly physically the best back on the team um if he's if he's 100% which i don't think he'll ever be 100% but he looked towards the end of last year he looked like he was like 90 95% of what he was as a you know as a freshman and a sophomore when he was incredible kind of, when he was a freshman I mean, and a sophomore before the knee injury oh okay all right so but he was incredible yeah as a young back at georgia um i mean i remember seeing that. i was watching the game when he got hurt and it was it was just it's freak injury, you know what I mean? Like you never want to see anybody get hurt like that. But he's the kind of guy that behind our offensive line, which should be exceptionally good at run blocking, um, can put up better numbers than you're going to see a guy like Barkley put up. That he's going to play behind a bad offensive line, and he's going to play with a team that doesn't throw the ball that well. If we're if we're throwing the ball well enough, uh, if we're if our offensive line stays healthy and plays the way it should. Chubb could run for twelve hundred yards this year, because I think he's going to supplant Hyde. I don't think Hyde's going to be the starter. I think, you know, I think Hyde's in for. You know, he was brought in to be a guy that just in case we didn't get it back, that could could handle a load if. if. If Chubb stays healthy, I think he's an unquestioned star come Week One. Uh, I think he's going to have a great preseason. I think he's going to, uh, and I think he's the kind of guy that can run for 1,200 yards, score eight or ten touchdowns. He runs with power.
0: I mean, you're, and yeah. you're right. Before he before he got hurt, I mean, he he was a, am- you know, he was averaging like eight and a half yards a carry that year before before that freak knee injury. I mean, the, the, yeah. I mean,
1: and up the gut stuff like he's just yeah, ham- and hammering people. Like he's the kind of he's the kind of back that you know what? Like you run him 15 times in the first half, and then you run him or you run him. eight or ten times in the first half, and then you run them like fifteen times in the second half, and the team just—they don't want to tackle them anymore. You know what I mean? They get tired. You yeah. know, like you what know. well, you saw
2: and, that- and what's what's awesome about him is even though I think we we'll all agree he's not back to what he was physically, but he was not that much behind Barkley uh, during the combine. He oh, was absolutely. right there yeah. in everything that both of them did. He was right up there. Yeah, you know, and when and uh, and-, and he also has the uh, production. Sure. Uh,
0: oh, no doubt. So if you go I, back I in-
2: agree. I agree. I mean, if we if we if we mount uh, an acceptable passing attack and and we block. Acceptably, and he's going to make. uh He's he's one of the two backs that we have that can make something out of nothing. And the other guy's Duke, who can. You know, I mean, I mean, if we didn't block well, Crow is not going to go anywhere.
0: Yeah, but um, well, even if we did block well, I mean, a lot of times. Uh, it... Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. so some of. The, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we now have guys that have some sort of vision. I I think. I think even Dace. Dace, the, the reason why he was a good back is because he has good vision. Because yeah. he does. He, he's not a physical guy.
1: Well, see, the thing about Chubb is he's going to get you. If there's three yards there, he's going to get you three yards. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a, he's a not yeah, going to ex- lose. He's not going to have negative plays. I'm excited.
2: Mind. I'm excited about that one. And hopefully, yeah. maybe, maybe we kind of learned because i mean we let sashi go but we still have the analytics guys and i think kovash was even promoted so uh maybe they looked at what uh pff and looked at and 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 saw that we kind of uh we were good with uh men blocking i think and not so much uh or maybe I'm having it backwards, but but we were good at some things, and we were really bad at uh, I think it was uh, zone runs the outside. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, we were good at some things, and we weren't so good at other things. But we kept doing the
0: the things we weren't good at. <laughs> we
2: weren't good at more often than the things we were good at. And and you know I mean it's it's kind of difficult to tell if if uh, r- runs up the gut when we were when we were power blocking uh, were successful because they didn't so see that that much the the other teams weren't that prepared for those or I don't know but anyway it, I I kind of hope that uh, the analytics guys can sort of. Uh, point you to uh better directions than than uh, his own head might be pointing him and and that's that's going to be one of the interesting things what can haley do uh as an oc because as an oc he he certainly had results so um
0: yeah i mean it helps when I- you got guys like uh roethlisberger and bell and brown Uh, but no but true i mean he still put him in a position to succeed so and and hey he's got more than anything else he's got i mean tons and tons and tons and tons of experience being an effective offensive play caller and that is if nothing else right at least that takes the pressure off of Hugh, right
2: yeah and and uh he he doesn't have uh prima donna Rapist to argue with. I mean, uh, I know that he is supposedly hard to get along with, but um, I, th- I think if one thing is good about you is that he can deal with people well. So I think if there's some sort of problem, I think you can kind of get people on the same page. Uh, so in in that regard, I'm 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 sort of hopeful. For the team, in in case it's going to be interesting to watch, and I can't effing
0: wait. Well, we're close. We're close, and I'm going to answer my own question. The guy that I am, uh, that I have an expectation that is going to have a huge year, and will emerge at the end of the season as a Pro Bowler, maybe even an All Pro candidate, is Christian Kirksey i 'm looking at him as somebody that is going to to break out i, I think he 's had a good career up to this point. He signed a long term extension with us, and just looking at the you know the scheme that we play and the I, kind of what I consider to be the, an expectation of the improvements of the of the line up front. Um, with his, it, it, with you know, another year in the same Greg system, I think that the guy is going to be, I, I think he's going to have a tremendous year, and I think at the end of it he's going to end up being um, recognized with something. I think it's time. I think he's, I think he's had a good, you know, he's, he's been a good player for us, but this is the year that a lot of other teams across the league and a lot of other um, fans and, and media and so forth are going to recognize him as well. Could be wrong, but that's the guy that I'm, that I'm looking at. Uh, GNT thinks it's going to be Chubb. Ford thinks it's going to be Avery and or Callaway. So you guys are both going rookies. Uh,
1: which, I thought we were talking rookies, but oh, okay. I would probably would have taken Chubb anyway. I think I, I think that that's the guy I would have leaned on anyway. I, I really think he's going to have a great year. I was when we made that pick, I was really happy.
0: No, I was a great pick, I'm, uh, and I thought the entire draft was was solid overall. But you know, I mean, it's always good to say that when none of the guys have actually been on the field. Uh, and
2: we have, and we have said this before a couple of times. Sure, sure, Two years ago, sure, sure. <laughs> and ultimately,
0: <laughs> if um, you know, if if this, you know, and and while none of us are particularly happy with uh, with Hugh Jackson, the one thing that I am happy about is that at least this is the first time. That we have had a coach reach his third season as the coach. Do you, guys remember, do you guys remember the last time we had a coach reach his third season?
1: Yeah, was it um,
0: Butch? No, it was uh, just after him. It was Romeo, and it was 2007, the last time we had a winning season.
2: Boy, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to have uh, – Um have have this happen with you i mean of all the people right the guy who went one and 31 is the one we keep for the third season which is, is... isn't that isn't that weird well i you mean, know if, if, if you didn't see any of any of the past 15 or whatever years if uh, if i told you that the browns are going to fire like what what seven coaches uh, the guy who is going to be kept was the guy who managed to win only one game in, in, in two. two years. I mean,
1: I, I know we've talked about this probably at great great lengths, but I'll be honest, like, none of those guys, I mean, I guess we'll get a chance to see what Shermer's going to do with the Giants, but none of those guys are really good coaches anywhere else. So it's not like I... The, the only one that you really feel like got a short end of the stick was uh Chud, yeah, no doubt. It was because they were trying to to get Harbaugh. And other than that, really, the guys that they fired. I mean, if you give them another year, you think they're going to turn things around? I don't really think any of them would have, anyway. So I'm not. I get the whole consistency thing. and I, I get that it's kind of ironic that we're giving the guy with the worst record the, right. <laughs> the chance at it. But at the same point, it's not like you know we, we didn't fire world beaters. We fired guys that for the most part. Haven't done much since they've been since they've been let like, go. Oh, I guess Shermer's the, the maybe the one exception. We'll see what he does with the Giants. Um, but the, like I said, the only guy that you really feel got a raw deal was Chud, and uh, everyone else kind of, you know. I mean, if you're shedding tears over uh, over Pat Shermer or over uh, you know any of the other guys, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't Mike know Pett what to say or- to that.
2: Yeah, I, I remember, I remember uh Giants. He he's with the Giants, right? So Giants fans here. asked Browns fans what to expect and on Reddit, and I remember telling them to expect runs up the gut if they are on three and long. Because that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Remember that guys Trent Richardson with with the broken ribs? Running up the gut for two or three yards when we are when we are in three and seventeen uh, something ridiculous. So yeah, he either ran dead every time, or a, pa- or a pass behind the lines to Trent.
1: Yeah, no, he ran. He was a he was a, a poor play play caller with us, and um, you know, like I said, I, my brother's a huge Giants fan. Uh, I mean, I live in New York. I know a lot of Giants fans. Um, I've told them to be ready. Uh, they're not, you know, they're playing with an old quarterback um, with a, a very f- fragile uh, team because there's a lot of uh, animosity between the players. Um, I mean, some of that may have been solved with the whole how they handled Eli Apple and everything, but there's a, you know, they're, they're, that's not a, a you know it's not a desirable situation and and Schremer, I think is going to struggle because I think that that team isn't really that good and I think adding Barkley was a mistake for a team that isn't that good you know if it, if you were close you could have added a guy like that and that would have been the guy that put you over the hump but their 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 offensive line is bad they have an old quarterback um, they obviously have a super talented but diva uh, head wide uh, you know lead wide receiver number one guy and their number two guy is not much. Not much further off in the diva category, and and the defense is just old and and not as good as it should be. You know, they haven't had a good linebacker core in years. Their secondary is questionable again because they have problem children back there, and 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 their pass rush is not the same as you know not the same old Giants because most of those guys are gone. You know, JPP is down in Tampa. and really what they're doing is they're paying they're overpaying guys now that they had to sign as free agents a couple over the last couple of years and they can't let them go because they still owe so much in guaranteed money and they would take such bad dead cap hits that they just they just can't do it
0: which it really kind of bodes well for our situation. We're, like, the furthest away from that as uh, as anybody can possibly be when it comes to salaries and, and that sort sure. of thing. Which, but you know, by the way, you mentioned the old quarterback there in New York. You know, that, that's not the only quarterback they got there. They got uh, they got our guy who didn't bother joining us, by the way, uh, Terry, uh, Big town Brown's dude, Kyle Lalette is there in New York. So, you know, if it doesn't work out with Eli, they could always go to oh, – and, uh,
1: and they have Davis Webb. I mean, I'm not – you know, there's options out there. I'm not saying there's not, but you know, yeah, they're I – mean, them drafting Barkley was a sign that they think that they're ready to to win right now, and, and you know it. I, and I said it from the get go. Them passing on on a quarterback and with the with the team picking right behind them, playing in the same stadium as them, uh, you know, it's I, I don't never I never understood it, and uh, you know maybe maybe it was maybe it's Shermer related. I don't really know, but I. I you know, well like I said, I, I know how this is kind of transcended from us firing guys to we're talking about the Giants, but um, you know, it that's gonna be I think that's gonna be one of the most interesting situations in all of the NFL is of uh, the next two years is what happens between uh, the Jets and the Giants, uh with the guys that they picked and didn't pick.
2: Um, it's kinda mostly- interesting by the way with Schirmer because if I remember right, he started with us when we picked up Holmgren. Uh, right? When when we picked when it wasn't that wasn't uh, his first year with us, or maybe last year when when we picked up Trent. Uh, no,
0: we we got Dilfer in 05, and by the time we got uh,
2: no, I mean I mean I mean the coach Richardson. I'm talking about. I'm, I'm oh, talking Richardson, about coach, <laughs> okay. coach and Richardson because uh, Shermer was here when we picked richardson right yeah right? We, we we picked and, up and, and 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 now they pick now they picked up the uh, and back then richardson was the uh, oh he was one agree yeah, yeah he was the second coming yeah
0: he was the second coming of jim brown
2: sure. and and now the same thing kind of is kind of happening again with schirmer uh in the sense that they picked up barkley so it, it, it's kind of a uh deja vu yeah and situation in that sense at least and i think
0: you know and i I was i wasn't exactly shy about my criticisms of barkley i think that the guy's got all the physical talent and ability in the world but i i will i i have no problem making this prediction i think the guy is going to end up finishing the season on the disabled list because or an injured reserve i should say because it's disabled list, not baseball but the the um the, the jumping over people all the time Is you just it doesn't it doesn't fly it just doesn't fly in the NFL and I think that the other part is the ineffectual you know running backwards the guy led the NCAA and lost yards because if you watch the tape and you know when it comes to scouting players it's all about the tape and with that guy yeah you'd see these you know incredible highlight reel touchdowns and yeah no doubt about it the guy's got the speed the power all of that but then you also see play after play after play where he's you know going to the outside and. Instead of okay, at some point you just got to make that one cut and go, go up the field and get what you can get. He no, I'm mean, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna run backwards, you know, three, four, five yards and try to get around the corner. Well, you can do that sometimes in college. You can do that exactly never in the NFL. It doesn't work that yeah. way because those guys that you're going against are every bit as. I mean, they may not they may not all be running a four three, but they're fast enough to catch you when you're running laterally. And that's sure. where I think that the 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 real big hole is in his game unless he's able to change that and become because the guy is i mean what he put up 35 reps or whatever it was at the combine and he's clearly got the the power to lower the shoulder in those situations but yet he decides he wants to try to jump over everybody so i I, you know i i agree in the first place that it was a bad strategy to go with a running back even if it is somebody that was the caliber of an ap or a zeke elliott or
2: whoever to to, to be fair he also has the vertical jump well true
1: I, I, all that aside, the reason that I, I, the, I was – when people were talking about taking Barkley at four, I, the reason I was totally against it is because we have a running back on – we had a running back on the roster right. who constantly put us in third, second and long, third and long because he didn't get your positive yards when they were there because he tried to make bigger plays or because he didn't hit the the right hole and – I didn't want to see that anymore. I don't want to be in third and long all the time. I don't want to be in second and long all the time. I don't care that he runs. You know, if you go back and look, if you, I, I think I did the math. He had, I think he of if you if you look. I'm not I'm not taking his touchdowns away. What I'm saying is he had like four or five rushes over sixty or seventy yards. It was like some maybe fifty yards, whatever. It's like some crazy number. And if you take those gigantic plays away, he's, his yards per carry is like two. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you can't have a guy on your team where, where, where 50% of his yards are based off of him making, breaking big plays because that is, it just does not translate into the pros. Right. It's not going to. He's not going to be able to bang out 12, 40-plus yard runs in a season. That's just not going to happen.
0: Not in the NFL. And meanwhile, no. back to um, to to your guy, you know, Nick Chubb is the definition of north-south. I mean, he is yeah. the definition of there's the hole, I'm going to hit it, I'm going to hit it with everything I got, and you better pack a lunch if you're going to try to bring me down.
1: All um, right, and and that's why I think he's the kind of guy that could be offensive rookie of the year because he's the kind of guy that's going to be running behind a line that is – is is going to do what he needs he needs them to do they're going to open some holes for him and he's going to hit them hard and he's going to pick up a lot of yards on first and second i think th- one of the things i think that you're going to see no matter who the quarterback is is you're going to see a lot of play action because i think you're going to see a lot of second and short third and, you know third you know third and short it's going to be there we're going to be in favorable downs and i think that that's going to change not only the offense, but it's going to change our defense because we're not going to be three and out or you know one first down on a series. You're going to, have, we're going to have positive plays on first and second down because I think we're going to be able to run the ball because we're going to have a running back capable of picking up three or four yards when it's there and not trying to get. 15 yards instead of and taking a five-yard loss you know what i mean like that
0: I, yeah I think and, and then it goes back to the whole once you do that a couple of times now the safety start creeping up you know now they sure. now the linebackers start creeping up and then now you've got to be able to run some constraint plays and get them over the top and right. you know that that's and that, that's how it's always supposed to work it's just that it never seems to go that way for us because we have guys that either can't get those yards on first down or we don't stick with anything long enough in order to allow that stuff to kind of develop
1: Or we just don't have a quarterback capable of throwing the ball or wide receivers capable of getting down the field and getting open. It's been a team
0: effort, really, when you get get
1: right down to it. It it really has been.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, this has been a team effort here, the uh, DBN squad table, which we uh, haven't done in a while. It's been really fun talking with you guys. Um, I am Easy Weave. I've been here with Gin and Tonic and 4th We've been discussing all things Browns. Um, And as we close it out here, um, I I made my kind of – prediction for who i think we are you know, as, as far as player that, that is going to surprise people i think it's going to be Kirksy, and, and you guys gave your uh thoughts on it um is, is there any kind of uh and i don't have one so this is really just you guys do you either one of you have a prediction that kind of cuts against the conventional wisdom as far as the browns are concerned uh, in aside and apart from everything we've discussed thus far
2: uh i've got nothing
1: yeah, no, me either. I, I, I we kind of hit it all. I think, I, I, you know, we even reading your article today. Like, I think, you know, like cutting Nassib is not a, you know, not of reach. I think a lot of people kind of feel like he's going to be, you know, he's going to be gone after the preseason. Um, I think people are that mad. That would have been something. I guess maybe a year ago, I would have thought, you know, probably not. But you know, really, with what we did in the off season and the draft. I don't you know, the only I guess my only concern right now is left tackle. It's it hasn't been an issue for what, twelve, thirteen years? Now it could be an issue. It could no be. matter who
0: we put there. It could be. And look, the offensive line is the one area where all you need is one weak link and if you don't have that if you can't cover it well then defenses can exploit it and if there's the and if the line isn't playing well I mean we've seen it with uh, especially with young quarterbacks over the years that if the line isn't playing well then they're not going to have the time that you know Cody Kessler uh, ha, you know he showed a, a, a couple of times in his short stint with us that he could do some things but then last year you know when when Joe went down he started taking some sacks and I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody get so shell-shocked that I, I'm I don't know that in his final 15 or 16 drop packs, if he ever actually got a pass off, uh, because it it was bad. Yeah. I mean, he was just, he was just terrified by the rush. You could tell that it was all over him and that's, uh, which now he's in Jacksonville, so he's not our problem anymore, but, um, no, I, I agree, and of course, you know when we drafted Austin Corbett, I thought that was going to be the way we were going to go with it. It looks like Sean Coleman's getting the first crack at it, which is great. Uh, I'm, I, I thought that he did, you know, all right as a you know playing in his second year uh, at right tackle last year, and he you know he now figures to be the one to take over at least get the first crack at the left tackle spot, which is what he played in college. And uh, our own Saint Miles said that when he was in college, he was the 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 toughest left tackle that he played against now that was in college and certainly in the pros i don't know too many people said that he would be the you know the hardest right tackle that they played against last year but hey you know we're never gonna have another joe thomas you know he's he was the best tackle in the history of football so you know we're not going to get that guy but if we have a guy that can play adequate uh you know who was the left tackle for uh the eagles last well i guess jason peters is a good player so that's
1: yeah an example if if it's not joe thomas jason peters
0: probably would be the guy that i would pick right yeah right he probably he is like he is like right there um all right well is there anything else that you guys want to add here before we kind of wrap it up no
1: i'm good yeah, we can't. Can't wait for. Can't wait for the season to start. I'm looking forward to it. Same Absolutely.
0: same here, same here. Appreciate y'all being with us here on the DBN Network Square table. Uh, we'll be getting together here from time to time as the uh, season progresses and as we go through the preseason and, of course, as the regular season gets uh, moving ever. I mean, we're, we're close. We're like two months away from, not even two months away, from the start of the regular season and just a few short weeks away from uh, the start of the most important preseason of our life. No, I'm just kidding. It's just it's just going to be a, uh, a, a run-of-the-mill, preseason hopefully it'll be a relatively uneventful preseason from the standpoint of not having um a bunch of injuries and so on but um fun being with you guys and uh i'll look forward to talking to you again soon sure absolutely yeah see you guys all right take care everybody we'll talk to you again soon